Hi, this is Lacey. This is Jason. From Bourbon House, and you are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. are listening to the free form rock podcast is everybody in is everybody in is everybody in the ceremony is about to begin all right welcome to another edition of the free form rock podcast i am mark and jerry what's going on man what's going on man how is everybody today I'm doing all right, but you know what? Next fucking episode, Mark, turn it over to me first, all right? I thought I did it last week. Oh, no, fuck no. And guess what? All six people people out there. Go ahead, Jerry. I'm the secondhand news of the fucking podcast. No, you're not. You're the the (laughs) great man. No, you know what? My bad. I I try to, like, hand it off. On BS, I always give it to you, Jerry. But I should be be giving it to Charles on here also. My bad. I might fuck it up. Well, hey, all six people that voted in the poll, thanks for that fucking ego boost, too, you fuckers. <laughs> I've been drinking on this show. No more sober on Freeform. And can I take the time to invite or welcome our guest? We got an extra special guest this week on the program. Can I do that, Mark? Oh, of course you can. We're going we're gonna to welcome probably... The most greatest up-and-coming pro wrestler in the state of Ohio, Aaron Baker. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Well, that's quite an ego boost. I appreciate that. What's going on, guys? Yeah, man. Jerry, you're mad wrestling fans, dude. So Yeah, I was checking out your your Facebook pictures, dude. That's some fucking whippings, it looks like, man. (laughs) Oh, man, let me tell you. And... See, so I I work at Walmart, and everybody knows that I wrestle. And, man, they use the big F word a lot. Oh. Sounds like like me. And I'm like, like, listen, you can talk to my back all you want. Because, man, we, in that match, we were just, we were discussing it. And I was like, listen, I'm not comfortable taking kendo sticks, but I'll do whatever. And when he went with that first shot, I was like, all right. Then he went for the second one. I was like, oh, Jesus, this, this is actually kind of hurting. But, yeah, man, we're we're actually, hopefully, if the weather in Ohio, you know, calms down a bit, it doesn't rain. We're actually supposed to have our first show of 2023 tomorrow. Right on. I, I love fucking local wrestling events, dude. They fucking rule, man. Aaron, Aaron what part of Ohio are you from again? Uh, I'm currently living in Pickwell, Ohio, which if you don't know where that is. Yes, yeah. well, hold on, hold on. But myself and Jerry, uh, Jerry, you're a native Ohioan, right? Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah, and I'm from Amish land, near, uh, just south of Canton. But I do know of Piqua. Uh There's a big lake out there. So we have an Ohio connection and wrestling. Mark, you're out. Hey, hey, I just want to ask you, <laughs> since you're in Amish land, did you wait by the gate when the when the women went on their rom springers? No, because I escaped that camp. I told you. <laughs> I was I was abducted. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I got away. 
I'm just saying, but but those hot hot Amish women coming out to go uh, sow their wild oats, man. I'm <laughs> easy pickings. All that ink. Obviously, never been there. They're not as hot as you think. Oh, okay. Well, the movies lie, fucker. Yes, they do. Fucking uh, what's that movie? Woody Harrelson, uh, Kingpin. Yeah, the Amish people never hot. <laughs> and witness when Kelly McGillis yeah. used to. Kelly was pretty hot. Yeah. Kelly was pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. But, man, yeah, I'm not a wrestling fan, Aaron. I, I'm sorry. I liked it up to Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper, and then uh, I heard it was fake, and I went out of it. But I know it's not fake, fake, because you guys do all the physical stunts, and you guys get hit. It's just, it's scripted where who wins, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Watching a movie, dude, or show, man. Yeah, it's dude. not watching a movie. It's a way of fucking life, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? I I kind of eat, sleep, and breathe wrestling. Like, if I'm not doing anything, I usually have wrestling on my team. So, well, okay, here's a question for Aaron: Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart? Oh, see, I always go back and forth, but I gotta go. And I was having a discussion with one of my friends. I got to go with Shawn Michaels. I agree. When he came back, when he uh, came uh, back, because I did the research. Shawn came back. That's whoever will be, man. Bret Hart. No, Shawn could work with anybody. He could work with a fucking broom. I tell you what. Let Nate tell you that story about when he saw Shawn Michaels in person. Well, I heard that episode. I don't remember, but I know it was. He was a dick, right? That was a big wussy. He was a big wussy. Yeah. I remember that story. <laughs> oh, but fuck that. I mean, Sean could work with a guy like Vader, and he could work with Razor Ramon, and he could work with Ric Flair, whoever, who Ric Flair is really my all-time favorite. But Sean Michaels was a better in-ring worker, by far. The best. Because well, I, I did the research, and when Sean came back in 2002, there, up until he retired at 26, he had probably what could be arguably be one of the best match streaks in WrestleMania history. I mean, you go from 24 where he has Ric Flair, 25 with The Undertaker, and then 26 again with The Undertaker. I mean, those three matches... Yes, I, I always when when somebody tells me that they're not a wrestling fan, I'm like, just go watch Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at 26. The story's there; it's so simple. I agree, but to be fair, Mark is completely lost. It would be like if we were doing a Star Trek fucking bullshit. Well, you I, know, you know, it, I'll do episodes where I'm completely lost for you guys. I'm fine with it. I'm listening. I'm learning. Maybe I'll go look at something now because you guys are making it sound so good. Well, watch watch uh, something about the Montreal screw job, Mark, and it was a real deal event. Okay, and it was you will lose your shit. But Aaron, honestly, today's wrestling, I don't have the character connection. I don't really follow. I follow it, but I don't watch it. I'll say this about today's wrestling: today. except the girl that just won the belt from Charlotte. Yeah, Rhea Ripley, she is, I've heard this thrown around a lot here lately, but she is by far a generational talent. I I, I watched that match, I mean, granted I had to work WrestleMania weekend, but I watched that match with Jaw just on the floor. It was was the best match of the the show, I think. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, by far, by far. Cody and uh, Roman was a little underwhelming. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wanted Cody to win. You know, they, the WWE, they they made it seem like Cody was going to win. They gave him, like, this Triple H-like push where he wins the Rumble. I mean, comes back from a, from a torn pack injury. That was amazing. Wins the Rumble, and then you're and then you're sitting there thinking to yourself, "There's no way Roman can win this one." And then there, and then here we are today, where he's still still the champion. Yeah. Well, what happened? That yeah, but remember what happened at WrestleMania 2000? Triple H was the first heel to ever win a main event, mm-hmm. and and that four, fatal four way. And then the next month, The Rock won the belt. So you never know. I mean, Cody might win it next month. He might. I think they're still punishing Cody a little bit for AEW, maybe. That could be it. I don't know, but uh, just hard. Possibly, but... They, they, could, they could be, um, but I, I'll, I'll use this as an example. I'm a huge AJ Styles fan. When he came into the WWE, I was living out in uh, Arizona, and I was like, man, there's no... He's going to be going on this, like, hot streak, and then he loses a couple of his big matches. And I'm like, all right, what are they going to do next? And I think that Cody, and I've heard this talked about from, you know, people that are in the business. Vince and whoever's in charge, they like to see if you've got what it takes. How can you handle a big loss and, you know, get the fans still to be behind you? And I think Cody does have that ability because every, everybody loves Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Right. Everybody, I have not heard anybody say a bad word about Dusty Rhodes. I will as a booker, but as a wrestler, yes. I will I will agree with that. I have went back and watched some of the stuff where he's booking, and it's, it is all over the place, but... Yes, the, the Dusty <laughs> was utilized way too much, but yes. Yeah. Great wrestler, great personality. I, I, it's funny you bring up AJ Styles because back in 2002 in Hawaii, I saw an independent show with AJ Styles against Teddy Hart before he lost his shit in a ladder match. That was fucking awesome, dude. That was when AJ was in his fucking prime, if you ask me. I never thought in a million years AJ would go to WWE, but I'm glad he did, though. He's a great wrestler. Styles Clash is one of the great one of the great finishers in the business. Yeah, and you have to think though, Jerry. Back when AJ Styles was in TNA, back in like I believe like 2014 or 2015, yeah. Impact was not in a good spot. I mean, you hear these stories of missed checks, and after a while, I mean, you could survive off of a couple of paychecks. But once you're not getting paychecks weekly, you got to find what's best for you and your family. I think AJ's done a, a pretty good job for himself in WWE. I mean, granted, right now he's he's injured, and I'm looking forward to him coming back. But I want to say something to uh, Charles. I, I will agree. This The form of wrestling that we have today, especially in AEW, um, I mean, AEW as a whole right now is really hard to watch. Um I- I agree. 
I, I, I will say I'm in, the, I'm in the CM Punk camp, and I'm hoping that, you know, these rumors that he's coming back here pretty soon are not, you know, just to stir the pot or to get people excited. Because here's, here's the problem that I'm seeing. They've got this big show at Wembley Stadium, which I believe seats 90,000 people. That's a big ask. I mean, I understand that... Um, Wrestling over in England and in Europe is a big, bigger thing than it is in the U.S. right now. But right now, AEW needs some stars. MJF by himself cannot carry that company, and you can see it when the when you know the hour by hour rating come out. AEW starts off hot with maybe nine hundred thousand estimated people watching. And as the night goes on, it just dips down. And I think the lowest that I've ever seen it, you know, since I started watching last year has probably been around 820 when you start out with 900,000. And I don't want to get on, you know, a whole AEW tirade. But they're just, they're in a spot right now where I'm starting to notice some similarities with WCW. And it's not making me very comfortable. Yeah, they're bringing they're bringing back the old timers and not giving the new people enough chances, in my opinion. That's kind of what TV for a while too. I hate, I absolutely hate the spot fests, moon salts, no storytelling, no selling. I'm a Jim Cornette guy. Oh yeah, yeah, by far, by far. I'm a storytelling. You know, less is more type of guy and that's where the business right now has lost me however even back there was a point where it got stagnant to me in the early 90s and then next thing you know hogan goes to wcw they do it right they put flair and hogan together got back into it and then the nwo hit and then wwe attitude and that, I mean, WWF attitude. I hate calling it WWE, by the way. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's confusing sometimes. So, yeah, so it's always one character. That's the one thing. They just don't have the characters right now to keep me interested. But I love The Fiend. But I, I think he's going to yeah. be right now that Vince is back in control. But... And that's another thing that really concerns me with WWE. I was really excited for this WrestleMania and the night after to see what was going to happen. And I work every Monday, so I don't get to see Raw live. And I'm just seeing everybody, like, just completely shit on it. I'm like, oh, man, it can't be that bad. And I watched maybe, like, fifth, maybe an hour, and I was like, ooh, this is, this is not good. Yeah. Well, the first night was much better than the second. The second night was really lame, in my opinion. I, yeah, I, I've I, always been, I don't want to sound misogynistic, but I've always been a little iffy about all the women. Honestly, because I've brought up old school. But I think so. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte and them are the real deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they bring it. And I, I'm very impressed with Rhea. That might bring me back to the fold. Because it sure is right. fucking Roman Reigns. I'm over no. that. And he's, 
right now the tribal chief thing is getting pretty stagnant because you're as a fan you're wondering who can they now bring in to beat Roman if it's not Cody Rock can't can't you know challenge for the championship anymore per the stipulation of last year's SummerSlam which who knows if they're gonna you know stick to their word on that Brock is heel again right yeah, Brock did turn on Cody, so we've got that match to look forward to. I've I've heard that there's the possibility of The Rock coming back, so uh, I don't you know. Do full show? Do you want a full? Uh, I don't think they would do more than one show. The Rock has dropped hints about Roman. I mean, but that's his cousin and all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have that rumors that hot shot booking like that anyway. Uh, I'll be disappointed if The Rock beat Roman, sorry. Wouldn't like that at all, man. Get somebody else, man. There's so many good wrestlers that they do have, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but this is a rock and roll podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you just Listen, sit in the corner, Rock and roll. We're having this fun. Well, I'm going to put I, this in the notes, wrestling for, until you guys stop talking about right. it to this mark. All right, go ahead. Wrestling <laughs> Mark doesn't know any better. Let's get into the rock and roll. Yeah, that's what I want. Hey, man, it, it, was, it was fun. I was t- trying. I was trying to listen, but I started falling asleep. So, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm, I'm not a fan. You're good. Yeah. You're so good. Um, today, uh, I want to ask your appearance, your opinion, Aaron. What do you think about the new uh, Metallica album? All right, so I I know that I have Charles and Mark on my Facebook. I don't have Jerry on my Facebook, but I posted the, the second I finished the album that it was, it was very underwhelming in my opinion. But last night, I decided, you know what? I'm gonna see if the, I'm gonna see if this album grows on me a little bit, and it did. I I I, I mean, my favorite song. So far, the new Metallica album is If Darkness Had a Sun. I yes. like this. I yes. when it came out. Um, you May Burn is definitely a sec, is definitely a close second. And then the last song, I forget I forget what it's called. I don't have it in front of me. It's actually in my uh, car right now. Um, but I do I do like the last song as well. The so, Morata, whatever it is, like that? Yeah, yeah. The epic. Yes. The one song that has not grown on me in the four times that I've listened, and Charles and I talked about it in uh, Facebook comments, is Crown of Thorns. I think that that song is cool. Oh. Yeah. Crown of Thorns? Yeah, it's It's really shit. (laughs) It's kind of barbed wire, ain't it? I don't know what it is, but it's horse. It's yeah. fucking horse shit. I know that. I was reading a Metallica group. Somebody was mad that the hi hat was play, being played too much and overshadowing the guitars on one song. So the song would be perfect if they cut down that hi hat. I was like, damn, these Metallica nerds are funny. <laughs> I, like, I like that shadow follow. Yeah, that's a good song shit. too, man. Like that's the that's. That was one song that I was like, ah, at first I didn't like it, and then I was like, you know what? Let me let me give this one a shot and just listen to it by itself. And that one, that's a song that has definitely grown on. Yeah, it's different. It's got a that's a different kind of sound and song. Overall, for me, 
you hit a point in the album where everything sounds the fucking same. That's what I don't like. There's just not enough variance on the fucking record. And I wanted to love it. It was, yeah, yeah. Eh, it's just, I put it above reload, but about equal par of load. But not because it sounds like load, but just about equal par. Yeah, in my opinion, Hardwired is definitely better than this. Oh, it blows it the fuck away. Well, I, oh, goddamn. I agree with that, but I, I fucking, I love the album, man. I think it's good. You hear the fucking, they're putting harmonies in this fucking album. And like Aaron said, it's a grower. And I told you that yesterday. I think this album's going to be a grower for you if, if you listen to it again, oh. Charles. So No. No? Megadeth grew on me. I hated it at first. So. Megadeth's album was better. And Lux Eterna is still the best song on that record. No, as far as fucking I'm... Megadeth was not better. Yes, it was. No. I might even listen to that fucking Hagar nonsense. <laughs> that is a great song on there. No. I do. Like yeah, no, I disagree. I, I do kidding. like. I do like the. I do like the. Uh, the album, but it's just like, it's like let's let's go fast. We gotta take a piss. That's what it sounds. Sounds like the album was rushed. The Megadeth one to me. They're both to me rather forgettable. I agree. Yeah, I haven't went back to the Megadeth at all. Even the Overkill album, I like it better, but it's not like you're listening to Exile on Main Street or Physical Graffiti. It's just better, but not like, oh, I'm excited. It was okay. It was pretty good. I thought yesterday all those releases were massively underwhelming. Yeah, I have. That's my. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't finished Overkill yet, but I'm disappointed so far in it. Oh, shit. I love that Overkill, and I love the new LA Guns Black Diamonds, by the way. Of course you would. Of course. Yeah, it's a great album, dude. And it does not sound like the no. other three albums, man. There's three, no, you know why you think it great. you know why you think it does sound like everything? Because you don't listen to them. You don't know their nuances and what I, they sound I don't like. I don't need to. I know me mediocrity when I hear it. Right. Well you Vincent Cavanaugh disagrees with you. So Oh wow. <laughs> well Ralph here agrees with me. I know, but that's how you guys all go is Ralph. No, I'm just joking. Not no, you. No, on my own. Yeah, that's why you and Ralph are such good friends because you both think alike. You just come at me with Guns and Roses, who's on a U2 stratosphere. They're not on a LA Gun stratosphere. I, know, I never said they were. You should be mad at Motley fucking Crew, not <laughs> not Guns and Roses. I'm, not, I'm mad at Guns and Roses because of two shit shows. So that's why. Oh. I was, it was very, that was the most disappointing show I ever saw. Was fucking the Metallica Guns N' Roses one. The 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 Rolling Stones one was okay because I got Living Color and I got the Stones who fucking You got fu to see the meltdown on stage. It was historic. It was historic, but fuck, dude. Yeah. I looked, and then I said, Okay, he had a meltdown, I'm gonna go see them again. Maybe they're better. No, they were even worse. That's that would be like if you saw the doors when Morrison got arrested. Uh, that would have been cool, but he was doing a good show before then. <laughs> Aaron, what what's your take on is LA Guns in the same league as Guns N' Roses? Mm, I'm gonna say no. And I and I'll preface this by saying this. I was not around at the time um Appetite for Destruction came out. That was a few years before I was even probably thought of. I was born in ninety Okay. Um, if it, 
give me one second. I'm having a brainstorm. <laughs> if he, here's my thing. Appetite for Destruction was such a monumental album when it came out that people, people my age know, you know, all the, all the songs off of Appetite for Destruction. If you ask somebody my age, hey, have you heard, um, have you heard Ballad of, shit, hold on. Have you heard Sex Action by L.A. Guns? They're going to be like, who the fuck is L.A. Guns? It's all, it, right now, it's all based off of name recognition. Sure. Especially for people in my age group, like we're people in my age group. I'm the kind. I'm I'm the friend that they come to when they need new bands to listen to because they're tired of listening to the same stuff that they can easily hear on the radio. So, but yeah. you know, but he Charles mistakes me. I've never said that Guns N' Roses is not a bigger band or a bigger name. Yes, I told him yesterday. I'd rather see fucking. Uh, Tracy guns in a fucking toilet than to watch Guns N' Roses in a stadium again. But the thing is about them, yes, they're bigger than LA Guns. Yes. But have you heard those last two Guns N' Roses songs? They're fucking shit. It doesn't matter. So is LA Guns. It's no, fucking LA Guns has made yes. four albums yes. in five years. Where the fuck is Guns N' Roses at? Let's make it a fucking album. Like, like I brought up to you. Who's playing here July 4th? Is it LA Guns or GNR? Dude, I never deny that GNR is a huge fucking band. I'm saying I like a fucking shit band that isn't. And, and they it fucking rule. And they have a lot of fans, and they don't play fucking rib joints. Okay, I'm going to ask Jerry then, who, who has an honest assessment of Metallica. Do you think that album's going to make more sales for Metallica or no? For their tour. They're gonna get more ticket sales because of this shit. They already sold no. out. They they already sold out before this album because came out. They're a fucking yeah. legacy act like Guns N' Roses. I, I was just gonna say that they're turning into a legacy act, man. They right? They make new music. Legacy acts don't make new it music. Sucks. It's mediocre. Who cares? Yeah. Hear it's media. Charles, you you, you call you call me Mister Know It All. Well, fuck! You're being Mister Know It All elitist right now, calling some somebody's music that other people love mediocre. You know, I never say fucking your shit sucks. I said I don't like it. I didn't I, say what you made the Metallica seventy-two seasons. Did you record on it? What? No, you did. Did you record on it? Did what? you play a guitar part? No. Okay, what's well, not your music? It's Metallica's, and it's fucking garbage. I don't. It's mediocre. Whatever, dude. It, to you, there's lots of fans. More fans than you that I love think it. It's more split than you get. You get I'm, in, I'm in like seven Metallica groups to share podcasts when we do a Metallica. Oh, well, a Metallica. I'm reading all those. Right? Everybody in there is fucking. So a Metallica group's going to be fucking honest. Every, fucking all those Metallica groups, everybody's complaining about the one guy who doesn't like the new album. <laughs> it's funny. They all have that in common. One dude. One, only dude. one, one dude in that group that's bitching. They're mitching him. Kick him out of the group, man. He's bringing down Kick the vibe. Kick him out with those smart folks because it sure is fucking goddamn the black. Hey, the black album's better than 72 seasons. Hey, I agree with that. I like it, it though. It's, it's better than 72 I, li I like Hardwired better, but I'm feeling this album's going to grow on me because I've already heard it twice and every song's gotten better to me. So, And it will, and that's okay. But my point is, even Paul McCartney today, 
this shit is fucking mediocre too. Okay. And it doesn't stop tickets from selling. I understand they are, that. They're immediate. They're a fucking huge act. So why put out nonsense fucking albums that nobody ends up caring about except a bunch of nerd fans? Hey, you know, uh, you know what I'm just gonna tell you. You know, St Striper plays the same fucking clubs that fucking LA Guns plays. So. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm just yeah. Saying. Striper's pretty huge though. That's oh they are they're mega. They're definitely they're not mega. They're not Guns and Roses. They ain't Metallica, but they they do have a great fan base. It's just I don't care that you love LA Guns. My point is every time I do criticize their crappy music, you will bring up Guns and Roses, and it's like they're not even in the same stratosphere. I bring up Guns Poison. I, I, Matt Poison. I your can, other favorite. I'm asking Guns and Roses to make new music like LA Guns. They haven't. They they're lazy. They don't need to. They should. Slash makes Why? great albums, man. Why would you if you're still selling out stadiums with fucking one album? Why because would you? You're not a musician if you don't want to make music anymore, man. A lot of musicians say that. Why Why would we stop? Cheap Trick I'm says we're never going to stop to make a new song. If we stop making new music, we turn our musician's card. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it is a reality of the situation. Axl Rose owns that name. He owns that band. He sees no value in making new music when these sheep, because I'm not one of them, by the way, I know you're go not. buy these fucking tickets. <laughs> I know you're not a sheep because I know you're not going to go buy a ticket. I called those people sheep, not you. Correct. Yeah. But that's just the reality of the situation. Yes, hard school sucked. Yes, the other way. Yeah. And and it, it was it was handled accordingly, so why would Axel want to make more shit? For what? Still buying tickets. True. Kids don't yeah. make new shit. Flash and Duff do a lot of solo stuff on their own. So. Right. Yeah. They do on their own and they play the same clubs as LA Guns and fucking yeah. Trickster and all those fucking garbage bands. They don't but, well but when the they trick, Trickster did it, play a rib house, so you, you got that. Exactly. One. Or Firehouse. Firehouse. All that Bullshit the Nirvana swipe clean. Thank you very much. They swipe clean. They're still making music and still around and they still have they're still making money off their music. The so fucking goddamn flea market they circuit. But they don't have to have a real job still, so that's pretty damn good. I bet they do. I bet they're fucking Steve working. Brown with... is a great guitarist, man. Is he? Trickster. Yeah. Is... Oh really? Yeah. He he took over for both guitarists and Def Leppard when each one of them had problems on the What what band? Def Leppard. Don't bring up Nine Arm on this episode, please. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Uh, Keep debating. It's fun. But what are we doing today? We're doing a fucking great album today, I believe. Yeah, we're doing Cinderella, Cinderella Night Songs from uh, 1996, yeah. June 9th. Charles, you picked this album, man. This wasn't out in no 96. No, 86. Sorry, I got her, Claire. There was a fly on my screen. <laughs> 1986 so uh charles man you picked this album man hell yeah because back in the days of the ex co-host we don't we don't want to mention and we're not gonna fucking bring him up but we do i love you though by the way ex co-host yeah uh, i i i i i, I, I don't know leave it we uh i was promised this episode a long time ago but it kept getting bumped for shit like Mascara Sue. <laughs> but, hey, uh, that was his fault, not mine. What else you had? You had me do something, though. 
I had you do Def oh. Leppard and Guns N' Roses. Well, that was both my idea. Yeah. Well, you made me think Def Leppard. The Babies. The right. Babies. <laughs> I oh. love that band, man. Whatever. Of course you do. Uh, but I was always remembering this one, and it is Metal May. And uh, I think this is a great, well, I don't want to give away too much. I don't know if it's great. We'll see. But an awesome album of my youth in Cinderella. I think they're really their only true metal album, but I'll let everybody else give their little opinion going into the review. But Charles, how did you get into this band? By, like, MTV. They didn't play Cinderella on the radio yet, but I remember one of the, the first single on MTV, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. That was Shake Me, right? That yeah. would be Shake Me, yeah. Which didn't chart, by the way. Damn it, you're giving away all the facts. Sorry, you can uh, say it later. Yeah. I just thought, wow, these dudes look badass. I love the album cover. Sorry, Dr. Fuck. I love it. I think it rules. Um, it's just so fucking hair metal. And I mean, it just reminds me of junior high, man. You know, I mean, this was out when I think I was in seventh. Yeah, it was seventh grade. And uh, just fucking loved it from the moment I heard it. It's really the only album they made in this vein. So, and we'll get into that part when we do the episode. John Bon Jovi, which, by the way, Gene Simmons also claims to have a hand in this band, but... John Bon Jovi was the one that pushed them to the label. Yep. On the same label. In the video. So. And uh, Mercury, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he's kind of very, he's basically responsible. And Philadelphia is really close. You know, it's like practically New Jersey. If Al was on the episode, he'd back me up on it. So it's a really close kind of regional area, and it makes really good sense. And uh, I fell in love with it from the fucking first video. So, there you go. So, Aaron, how did you get into Cinderella since you're a little bit younger than us? Well, I had... I didn't get to grow up in the MTV age. In the MTV age. The version of MTV that I had to grow up with was like Jersey Shore, you know, yeah. reality TV. And, right. Yeah. I, but... When we got cable, um, there was a there was a um, there was a channel that we had called VH1 Classics that would play nothing but you know old music videos. I'm talking. Um, I I saw Heaven's on Fire. Um, it's where I first got introduced to Enough's Enough, and then I saw Cinderella, and I heard uh, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm probably, I'm in maybe high school at this point. Like, all right, let me go check this, let me go check this band out. I found this album, and I, I kind of went down a Cinderella rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, man, this, this album's really good. Let's go see what else they have to offer. So, so that that's the short, short story. I, I found it on... H1 Classic saw saw the video had to had to go and check them out. So you're basically in high school the same time that we discovered them, but years later. Yes. <laughs> we all discovered them in high school or junior high, so it's basically the yeah. same. But you got it like ten years later, <laughs> kind of. 
So, VH1 Classic ruled, by the way. It did. I love that metal, metal, metal show, man. They just had a metal section, like what, like every uh, third hour or something? Yeah. I'm not metal, mani- it. metal Mania. Yeah, fucking Yep. Fucking miss that shit. Me now, too. Now it's live MTV or something. They just took away VH. I think VH1 is totally gone now, isn't it? Or are they still those oh, reality shows? Well, Aaron, Mark, and Jerry can back me up on this. It is very true. At one time, MTV fucking ruled. Absolutely fucking ruled. Yeah, uh, Jerry. So how did you get into Cinderella? Basically the same way what Charles said, man. MTV. I mean, I hate it when they lump the band in with the other. You know, quote unquote hair bands because this fucking album was pure fucking metal in my opinion. Um, I mean, not like Poison or Bon Jovi, they're like kind of wussy music. Um, this album freaking rocked. I mean, never mind the makeup and the fucking hairspray. These guys can fucking you know wail, dude. I mean, it's still this album ages aged so well. Probably better than Long Cold Winter in my opinion. Now, Charles, you mentioned they didn't do another metal album. I think Still Climbing is a pretty metal album. Oh, yeah. Still Climbing is a fucking metal album. But, is that the last one? Yeah. No, it's, no, it's the one after Heartbreak. It came out at the wrong time, though. Yeah, it did. But anyway, man. Uh, yeah, this, these, these guys were completely, I mean, uh, in my opinion, hands down, much better than what was happening in the scene. In the, in the, in the glam, whatever you want to call it, scene back then. So, uh, yeah. That's how I got into them. Yeah, and that's uh, how I got into him. But before I, I did it, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Mark. Let me see, one see how you pause and I don't know you're done. No, no, no. I, I, this just came to my head. I want to ask you guys if you know why the hell Fred Curry doesn't play on their albums? He, he, well, I think he did on the others, right? No, no, it was they brought in like Cozy Powell for Long Cold Winter and somebody else for this one. Dave Boogie Woogie or something on this one. I don't know some. It's kind of like getting the perks without doing the work. In my but opinion. he did play live. Yeah, that's what I mean. Who else Fred Curry played for for a little minute? Mark? Arcade. Mark? Arcade. GNR. And Arcade. <laughs> I don't care. About guy, you, don't like, you don't like Arcade? Arcade ruled. Where are they at? Well, they're they broken at? up. Stephen Piercy. There's no rat either. So. Anyway, sorry, Mark. I don't want to. All right. But you see how you do that? And I start talking and all of a sudden, wait, wait, one more thing. You know? Flow yeah. it, man. Flow it for me. Make it easy on a brother. So sure. I know when to break in. All right. One more Guns and Roses rules. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. So does LA Guns. All right. Oh, so, one more thing. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and if we get to, like Charles said, this is Metal May. I think we started this with the episode that came out on 428, which was uh, Night Demon. And we'll give it a little extra week there for Metal May. And then the fifth, we start come in with Kicks. Last week's album, uh, Midnight Dynamite, and this is the third. I think we're going to have five albums in Metal May. So Fuck this, yeah. This will be the third of Metal May. So I got into basically Cinderella the way you guys just said it, watching it. You, you, Aaron even saw the videos on VH1 Classic. We saw the videos as junior high and high school kids, man. They were all over the place, man. And I loved it when I saw Shake Me because you know me. I like a groove. Uh, well, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to the song, but let's get into this album. Let's start with uh, you, Charles. All right. The first song oh. we get into is, not, well, I can't start with you, Charles, because Jerry picked this, you picked this song, yeah. uh, Jerry picked this song to play. My Jerry bad. For- 
Yeah, so nope. here we go. Here's Night Songs on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
<laughs> yeah. That was Night Songs, Jerry. Why'd you pick this track? Dude, I mean, what a fucking great opening track this is, man. Total fucking powerful rock and roll assault, man. Badass freaking guitar riff through it. Uh, Tom's vocals is, are just freaking phenomenal. Uh, pour a glass of whiskey, sit back. This album just fucking keeps getting better. This is a five out of five song for me. So then we get to you, Aaron. What do you think about this song? I'm going to piggyback off of what uh, Jerry said. It's excellent opener. I mean, Jeff Labar, it, that just that opening riff. It just gets you started for what you're about to just, um, what you're about to witness on this album. I mean, it. I, I will say I am kind of burnt out on this song because I, I, I have probably been listening to this album all week in preparation for this. But it every time I listen to it, man, it just gets me so excited because I know what I'm in store for. Nice. And then uh, Charles is going last. So then I go, this song starts off with the lead, very atmospheric, dark. This is like kind of a dark song, man. Again, Tom's heart hard vocals are fucking on fire what a way to start this album and man sh should give me a shot of gasoline man <laughs> you get a shot of gasoline listening to this fucking song man the song fucking rules and the thing is uh fred Corey didn't play on this album either it was uh he joined the band after this album was recorded so it was jody cortez on drums on this album. so then we get to uh the next song, and... You know, we get to do it. But oh, okay. Charles, go ahead, Charles. <laughs> God damn it. Back off that bong of hair. Oh, uh, night songs. I can't drink, dude. Title track, of course. And, uh, hey, man, we get a little nod to ACDC, right? With that church bell in the beginning, that dong. Kind of reminds me of Hell's Bells a little bit in a good way. Uh... I'm absolutely into this fucking song. Great groove to it. Kiefer screeching away. But I will say, and you kind of touched on it, Mark, a hair. It's dark, right? Mm -hmm. I take issue with it being the opening track. And uh, as a matter of fact, when we get to the song, I think it should have got switched with. I'll address it then. I do think it's a fantastic song. But realize, I heard it like on CD. So that should give you a hint at the song I'm talking about that I would have switched it with. But it is a fantastic song, absolutely. I'm not sure to open the album with it, though. I think it should be well, the that, last track on side one. Well, they always open up with this song when you see them live. So. That, I, that's cool, but I don't know if I'd open the album with it. It's a fantastic song, though. Nothing against the song. It's great. But I think we'll get to it, in my opinion. We'll get to it when we get to that song. All right, then. Then we go to Shake Me, which nobody picks. So I'm going to start with you, Aaron, on Shake Me. Oh, boy. Um, shake Me. I, I, <clears throat> I really don't know what else I can say about this song other than um, it. it feels very... Uh, I wouldn't say Bon Jovi-ish. I'm, I'm trying to think of the band that I would compare it to. But, you know, I, I've, I've, this week I watched the video for this one, and it, it, it is, it, it's a killer video. 
I mean, Tom Kiefer's vocals throughout this whole album are just insane. Insane. Now, honestly, that's all I can say about it. All right, man. But, uh, yeah, and Tom Tom Kiefer had vocal problems. He couldn't, he could talk, but he couldn't sing. He had to go to a, like a therapist. He said, it's all in your mind that's doing that to you. But he's back and that sounds really good. Last two solo albums, I like the first one better and the second one's okay. But uh, then we get to you, Jerry. Yeah, I mean, Aaron, you said something, something about uh, this being, you know, definitely an 80s song. But what makes it um, a non-stereotypical 80s song is fucking Tom Kiefer's voice. I mean, there were a lot of generic vocalists in that area. Say Bon Jovi, Britney. But man, Tom man that raspy voice of his with his metal licks freaking are just amazing together um this was a big mtv hit of course and it's all over you know everywhere you hear glam and hair metal compilations or serious radio this song's always being played man it's a good down and dirty song man i love it man i give us another five out of five man yeah i, I thought this song should have opened the album night song should have ended side one but uh like i agree with charles i don't know what song he's gonna pick but uh shake me this is very different from the opening dra track. It has some organ going on, but in the right places. This song is fast-paced and got me into the band. Seeing this video on MTV brings up a lot of great memories. Just sitting there, fucking snacking, watching your favorite videos. And then the next hour, watching the same videos. And the next hour, watching... <laughs> they didn't really mix it up much, but it was cool. I could see Cinderella maybe like three times in four hours. It's fucking pretty cool. So, um, and then they, when they got more videos, then they started mixing up Cinderella videos with Cinderella videos. But this is a fucking great album, man. And if you, uh, this, if you're not bopping your head to the song, what the fuck is wrong with you, Charles? Yes, your turn, buddy. Shake me. Now this is a fucking jam right here, man. I fucking loved it. You know what? I didn't. I wouldn't say I'd have it as first track but i could see where somebody would totally um first cinderella song i ever heard it's absolutely fucking smoking the chick was hot but not as hot as we're gonna get to later that video was great uh but could it be that badass cow cowbell in this song <laughs> yeah you know I'm a I'm a sucker for that cowbell, dude. It always works for me unless it's Tommy Lee. That's why that's why you like Loverboy working for the weekend. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Cowbell man. Start corn. <laughs> uh, and as we pointed out, Fred Curry didn't drum on this record. Uh, I'm like, damn, that's kinda whack, but uh, live he brought it too. I've seen live stuff from him and uh, I haven't seen them live though. Good band live. I want to see Tom Kiefer on his own, though. Uh, Slaughter might be opening for him, so you might get out of luck. <laughs> I love Flight of the Angels. Oh. Uh, the single didn't chart. I think Mark pointed that out. But the video was all over MTV, though, like a motherfucker, man. It ruled at uh, Dial MTV. Oh, One of my favorite Cinderella tracks from beginning to end. Give this to me over L.A. Guns today, tomorrow, and forever. Bam! Hey, uh, you brought up Dial MTV, man. And then, it, then you knew that the times were going to suck when it changed to Carson Daly and TRL. 
Yeah. yeah. Britney Spears, New Instinct, Backdoor Boys. Yay! Fuck MTV. Back. I was I stopped watching TV about then because I was tired of seeing I want it that way every five minutes. Fuck. Britney Spears shit. I, I, I did mute her and watch the videos though. But that was that was around my era of MTV. I do remember TRL and Carson Day. God dude. That was my that was my MTV. I didn't get so lucky to see you know all these all these bands that i hear all you guys talk about watching these music videos i had to deal with what mark said like britney spears uh mariah carey all that kind of stuff yeah did you know that uh when it was a uh, dial uh dial mtv striper nobody would play their shit dude nobody would play their shit so the fans dialed mtv had made calling on you the number one video for weeks on there because of the fans I, and they got noticed because of, of people calling in to dial MTV to get them on there, their video. Nobody would play it. MTV said, oh, this is too Christian for us. Fucking calling on you fucking rules. It could be positive song, man. But dial in, and then they changed the rules for it because Motley Crue's Home Sweet Home would never leave the number one spot. So they had to say you could only be number one or on the charts for this amount of weeks. <laughs> Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, Black. yeah Motley, that was, Motley Crue broke dial TV. Yeah, that was <laughs> Home Sweet Home Run, number, it was like number one for like four and a half months or five I know. months. So they had to change the rules because people were getting tired of it. Still my favorite Motley song, even though fuck Motley Crue. <laughs> Home Sweet Home is your favorite Motley Crue song? That is correct, Jerry. Oh, we oh, hey, I like how they, I love Hot Tub. Hot tub time machine with Motley Lou. <laughs> I just love it because of Dial MTV. It's yeah. a special. It was a special time in my life. I'm sorry that, I touched. That, 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 that matters, man. So I hear you. Man. Yeah, it's all about the heart, man. Exactly. Exactly. All right, then we get to the next song, but you picked this one, Charles. Nobody's fool on the Freeform Rock podcast.
Okay, Charles. Why? <laughs> what do you mean, why? <laughs> well, I'm trying to say, why'd you pick this one? I'm trying to be different. More edgy. Well, <laughs> oh, hey. Yeah, Mr. Edge. Holy shit. Hey, I'm man. tired of saying, what do you think about this one, Charles? What do you think about boingo, the winter? So I tried something new. Shoot me. Boingo, boingo, man. You're going to pick on me for this power ballad greatness here. That's not fair. Uh, Cinderella has some great ballads. I mean, they just did. And uh, this is my favorite fucking one by them, by far. I told you I had a few stories. My youngest child, my baby girl. She loves this fucking song. And she's not even into our kind of music, man. She's into, like, Kendrick Lamar and shit. Yeah, she's not yeah. into rock music. Sorry if she's listening. She's <laughs> I threw she's, But I showed her this video. <laughs> she loved how they dressed. She loved the fucking song. She's like, they look cool as fuck. This and that and the third. Because they do. They look fucking... in the chick in this video... Yeah. Blows away the motherfucker and uh, oh, yeah. shake me. Holy fuck. Because we grew up in that video age, right, Mark yeah. and Jerry? Totally. Why do you think I like blondes? It was all blondes dude, in the I 80s. Fucking, I love the fucking big hair, dude. I wish they'd bring I it too. <laughs> this girl was hot, whoever she was. But the thing is, with this, with this song, it kind of reminds me of, in a way, of I Still Love You by Kiss, Soft Creatures of the Night, a little bit. A little bit. Dark and ominous. And what else can be said of but this is just a fantastic power ballad. Kiefer not only sings the hell out of it, but his guitar work is great. And I've always been a fan of his guitar playing. This was their first single to chart, and for good fucking reason. Again, it's one of the greatest power ballads to my ears. And it's actually my favorite track on the fucking album. Nice. And then I'll, I'll go and then I'll let you... Uh, okay, Jerry, I'm going to go real quick. Okay. So sounds like a power ballad. This isn't the first time you hear Tom without the grit in the song. But this song isn't a power ballad, though. It's fucking dark. It's darker than a, a those little sticky... Uh, like you don't know what you got till it's gone. This one is like darker. It's fucking... I love the chorus. There's a slight keyboard, not overdone, adds to the song, and the harmony is also fucking rules on this song. Jerry. Well, you're wrong. It is a power battle. There are dark power ballads. But this, there's, well, like I said, uh, from Creatures of the yeah, Night. Well, Kicks Don't Close Your Eyes is not a power ballad. Yes, yeah, it is. All over every compilation. All talking about suicide. That, power ballads are fucking supposed to be... Power ballads, Mark. Get over it. Ah, uh, whatever. But anyway, um... This is how a fucking 80s power ballad should be. Fuck off. <laughs> Emotional, fucking sincere, unlike the wussy shit coming from Bon Jovi, Firehouse, Trickster. This is the freaking real deal, man. An amazing tune. The very first band I was in, we did this song. It's a really easy and cool song to play. Again, another five out of five, man. This song fucking rules. You guys need to stop judging Firehouse off a of fucking love of a lifetime. <laughs> they suck, dude. I love fucking Firehouse, man. Fucking the guitar player there rules, too. Oh, dude. You know what's worse than that? What? When I look into your eyes, that song is fucking worse than okay, that Okay, you know what? I don't like the first Trickster album. I like Trickster when they grew up and made serious music. 
and not teeny teeny bopper fucking shit. But, but I, I love Firehouse. But the thing is, I love Bon Jovi. Nobody sounds like John. You hear him on the radio. Oh, that's Bon Jovi. Oh, that's Bon Jovi. You know, there's some like fucking. You hear fucking Britney Fox, and it's like, oh, that's Cinderella. Oh wait, a wait a minute. God damn. We'll get to Britney Fox in a minute. Aaron, what do you think about Nobody's Fool? I was going to tell him next, but you interrupted. Go ahead. <laughs> I did it for you. Damn it. Um, so Nobody's Fool. I mean, this... I'll tell you guys a little story. I've probably listened to this more often when, I, when I'm in a breakup than anything, so I definitely understand the dark undertones of it. Um, again, Tom Kiefer as a vocalist, I, I, it, at this point, I, it, iconic voice. Um, I mean, that, that's honestly, you guys hit the nail on the head with the, you know, the dark undertones. That's all I can say about it. Really, really great song. All right, man. And then we get to the, uh, uh, four of four, great pick, Charles. You're welcome. Yep. Great pick, Charles. <laughs> then we get to the next song, which Aaron picked, Nothing for Nothing, on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Sorry for interrupting the podcast. I just want to take a second to thank all of you for listening. Please take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean and join the Freeform Rock Podcast community on Facebook. Now, back to the show. All right, Aaron, you pick nothing for nothing. Oh, boy. I've been waiting for this song to come up. This is my favorite song on this album. It is hard. It's heavy. If I... If, if I I'll say this. Since I've been listening to this album all week, I'm probably going to take a break. But when I get that feeling to listen to some Cinderella, this is the first song I put on. It is just heavy as hell. Absolutely great song. Yeah, man. Great fucking song. And then we get to you, uh, Jerry. Jerry? Jerry? I'm sorry, dude. Um, um, where were you? Uh, I had a mute on because I was taking a leak. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> Next time in the middle of the, somebody talking, hey, I'll be back. I'll, then I'll go. So, I'll talk. All right. <laughs> go ahead. The one song wasn't released as a single amazes me, man. This is a fucking great tune. It's tied with uh, the title track of my favorite song on the album. Tom shows some fucking great range in his vocals on this tune. And it even features, I believe... Mark, your buddy John Bon Jovi and back in vocals, if I remember right. So uh, for nothing. Yep. Killer, killer fucking track, man. Again, this is this is probably the first time I've given the first four songs five out of five. So we are fucking on a roll so far. Yeah, man. Uh, this fucking album is ruling. It, it's four for four, Jerry. <laughs> You're on the fourth song. Oh shit, we are. I'm sorry, my bad. You know, did you I, get I the right? Up. Did you get the right review for it? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you said John Bon Jovi. So then, um, I love how all the songs are different from each other on this album so far. This is a killer fucking album track, man. That fucking just, it's like every song is like, it's all killer, but not could all could be the singles. Yeah, this could have been a single, but the other songs I think were better picks for it. But uh, this is a fucking great fucking killer rocker. Charles. Yeah, nothing for nothing. Uh, the song is slightly upbeat. I'm coming off that epic. Nobody's full. And uh, we get some great guitar work on this one. It was a bit derivative for the time, but even then, it's as good as anything or rubbing elbows with the works of its day. Definitely think this song was the order, but you know what? So was this whole album. They were told by Mercury, we need some hair metal. What did they do with Long Cold Winter, right? Yeah, went blues. Oh, blues. You brought up Britney Fox. A little known thing about Cinderella, right? Did or did not a lot of bands have to do a Cinderella-type track? I have no After idea. You don't know? You didn't hear? Hey, Jerry, have you heard uh, Hot for Hot in the Shade? Yeah. <laughs> Rise to it, right? With the... Everybody's doing a Cinderella <laughs> It did sound like bad scenes for flutes, that intro, so I hear you. Right. Everybody was copying the Cinderella formula, and Cinderella popped up Britney Fox. Quickly, by I might add. They trust alike, too, dude, in the black leather and shit. A lot of people copied Cinderella. Yeah, A little that's why I don't like them. <laughs> I, I, that's fine, but, I mean, Cinderella was... 
influential in its day, man. I know they like, were. It's weird. Because they didn't last forever. It was like, what, about an eight-year period, roughly? Yeah, they broke up and they got back together to make Steel Minds. 94. Yeah. The last record was 94. Yeah. They were and broken up for like four years before they made they that were, album. Oh, yeah. They were majorly influential and for that short period. But anyway, and Britney Fox, who wasn't that bad, Mark. Uh, but even then... You know, this is definitely a song to order. I think Mercury told him we need some more hair metal. And then after this, Cinderella did a lot of bluesy stuff. So they did, what, they did what they were told. There's a lot of metal in Long Cold Winter also. So yeah, Not like this record. No, not like this one. But it works for me, and I love Kiefer's, hey, yelling. <laughs> I love it. He had to be doing a James Brown impersonation there. <clears throat> I do think it's filler, but it's killer motherfucking filler on an album track. It's it's cool. I love. I do like it. Yeah, and then we get to the uh, the last song on side one. We'll start with you, Aaron. Once around the ride. All right. So once around the ride. I, I absolutely love the beginning of this song. It gives me some really good. You know, it gives me kind of rat vibes at the very beginning. Um, again, again, this song is just after nothing, nothing for nothing. I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't, I have a hard time like finishing this album because I'm like, there's nothing better than this, and then this song shows up, and I'm like, okay, but still, nothing for nothing. It, it it's my favorite. But once around the ride, I mean, Tom Kiefer is just really just showing off his vocal ability in this entire album. Yeah, I that's all I got. To all right, Jerry. Um, you know, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> it's not a great. It's not a great song, but it's not horrible. I mean, it, it, it's hard to compete with those first four songs. Anyway, um, there's some cool guitar riffs in this song. It's a little cleaner than I like Cinderella to sound on this album. But with that being said, I'm still giving it a three out of five. It's, not, it's more better than it is horrible. So, <laughs> Well, I just said this is a road trip song. Fucking put the pedal to the metal. Fucking drive your fucking driving guitars on here. It rhythms. It grooves. I fucking love it, dude. It's just the, the energy of the song with those grinding guitars, man. Just gets me every time. It is an album track. Yeah, I agree with that, but it's a fucking killer album track. So, Charles. Yeah? Your turn, man. We're on Once Around the Ride, right? Yep. Yeah. Man, the riff has a relentless, relentless vibe to it. Kiefer's screeching throughout, and it's well sung. Dude, Jerry, what what song, man? I it killed me. There, this riff reminds me of somebody's song, but I can't, I can't place it. It's a it's a clean metal song, in my opinion. So. But there's like the riff is reminiscent of some other bands. I can't, I cannot. Man, that kills me too because I'm a bit of a. Well, it does have a little radish quality to it. 
Yeah, but it's not Rat. I will find the song eventually, and then I'll post it on our group. It sounds like an Aerosmith song. The riff is reminiscent of something, and I can't play it. The riff sounds like Joe Perry and fucking... uh, No, it's not Aerosmith. It's Because it's got that driving train kept a rolling rhythm to it. No. No. I I think the beginning of it kind of sounds like 10 Seconds to Love by Molly Crew. I thought it was a Motley Crue one too, but it it might be. I'll find the riff and I will post it. Uh, I will not stop. It's relentless for me. (laughs) I find this one okay, but more in the forgettable lot of songs. Not horrid, but not memorable either. All right, then we flip this bitch over to side two. We start with Hell on Wheels, Jerry. This one? No, let me go first. This one. Uh, (laughs) Oh, damn it. Please. Please, Jerry. Go ahead, Charles. Go for it. This is what I would have opened the album with. And I would have swapped the position with Night Songs. However, remember, this open side too, correct? Yes. Excellent excellent side opener. But I would have put it to open the album. Uh, Short and sweet, to the point. We also get a, he, a, a hint of those future sounds for Cinderella with that slide guitar. Pretty kick-ass track, and we're back in the groove now. However, I mean, they opened side two with it. I heard it on CD, to be fair. But it was an opener, but of side two. But I would have opened the album with this track. Jerry. Um, hell on wheels. Now we're fucking back on track. This song fucking just totally kicks ass, man. Fast and loud. That fucking chorus is just amazing, dude. Um, again, great leads, great wrist, which seems to be a staple on this album. I mean, if you're not tapping your feet or fucking bobbing your head on this one, check your fucking pulse because you may need some fucking medical assistance. <laughs> fucking rules. Five out of five. Yeah, man. Aaron, what do you think about it? Hell on wheels, man. I'm trying not to give too much away, but I, I, you're going to start seeing a pattern. I absolutely love this song. I mean, in the chorus, when they go, um, like, hell on wheels, man, I don't know how many people this week have come up to me and were like, can you stop singing that same <laughs> goddamn chorus? It's fucking irritating. And I'm like, listen, man. I'm like, listen. If you would listen, if you were listening to what I was listening to, you'd be you'd be in such a good mood. It's it's just a really good song. Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking great song. It's like, uh, dude, this I I do a radio show on uh, thatmetalstation.com on Tuesdays, and I've used this song several times to end the show because it's a great fucking ending song. It's a great opener on this fucking out on side two, man. It's <laughs> This song goes into fucking overdrive, dude. And it, like Jerry said, if you ain't moving and bopping, what uh, like a you have a pulse? I I kind of said the same thing. If you're not banging your head, you fucking suck. <laughs> so that's fucking hell that, on wheels. That fucking chorus, dude. Just man, it's amazing. Dude. It's an earworm, dude. It gets in your head. Yep. You can't stop singing it. Like flat, like fucking Ozzy. Oh no, oh no. Here we right. go now. It's just that part stays in your head. All there, crazy train. It's like that kind of fucking earworm lyrics. 
It's like you always seem to course a crazy train in your head. When I go to a fucking baseball game, that song's in my head all day. <laughs> I mean, in my, my opinion, they could have done, you know, five or six songs off this album and made videos and released them in singles, man. Yeah. But uh, then we get to the next song, which I picked. So here's Somebody Save Me on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs> I picked uh, Somebody Save Me. I was originally going to pick Hell on Wheels because I love that song a lot. But I, I, I wanted to put like a single in this, even though we have two singles and two album tracks on here. So that's pretty, pretty split for the new fans and the old fans. So the old fans get to hear the deep tracks. The new fans get to hear the singles. And so you could go out and buy it and support this band still because they still make money. 
Somebody Save Me. Oh, man, this song is my life, man. Somebody Save Me lyrics. It's like, you're always thinking you're in a fucking lurch, man. You go, somebody save. Another fucking earworm lyric chorus right there. Like, I, I, I love how they talk about everybody's got opinion, but no one's got the answers. You know, and the stuff you ate for breakfast would only give you cancer. What a fucking great song at lyrics, man. Nobody talked about Tom Kiefer as a lyricist, man. He wrote all these songs, music and lyrics. What a fucking genius that nobody gives any credit to. Aaron, what do you think of this song? Somebody save me. This, this song is probably the one that I have went back to the most besides nothing for nothing and this is the one song where i'm kind of kind of soured on it because oh and here and here's why so back in back in high school i wasn't able to you know go out and buy all these albums in in, in that time you know cds were kind of they were Kind of getting phased out a little bit. Uh, and vinyl records, I didn't even know what the hell those were. I knew that they existed, just had never seen one with my own eyes. Which is why I love that vinyl is on a resurgence right now. But this was the one song that I actually bought on iTunes. And before I was able to buy this whole album. So this was the one song that I heard constantly on on shuffle and I, <clears throat> I will admit excuse me i will admit i do like this song but i am kind of burnt out on it a little bit it's understandable because that chorus probably stayed in your head for days <laughs> trust me it, it, this whole album has stayed in my head all week long <laughs> fucking earworm man jerry what do you think about it um what the fuck? It's a, a great fucking tune, dude. It was another MTV hit. Um, got that fucking great Cinderella guitar, you know, fucking groove to it. You know, that A chord when that kicks in, it just knows it's going to kick some fucking ass. And you're right. I said, uh, you said that Tom was a great lyricist. I was going to say, this is probably the coolest lyrics on the album, in my opinion. Um, Stella is possibly the best on the album, too, in my opinion. The only reason I'm giving this a four out of five is because I was dating a girl, you know, or Mark Dina. <laughs> she would just fucking record this song on MTV and rewind it like 10,000 fucking times in a row. So I do have kind of a burnout factor to it, but uh, it's still a great freaking tune. It's a banger, dude, man. You know, great tune. Well, Charles. Did you go, Mark? Yeah, I started. Oh, shit. I zoned out. I uh, oh, sorry. I'm so boring. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not yeah. Terrence, goddammit. <laughs> it's my second favorite track on the motherfucking album, by the way. Nice. Uh, nice. I remember it vividly after it was released. Another great video. The producer, Andy Johns. Speaking of Terrence, he loves bringing up Andy Johns. Yes. He produced this album. He's in the video. Uh, and man, the awesome riff. Kiefer is such an awesome singer. I remember when they would swing their guitars and the bass around their bodies. Remember that part of the videos? Yeah. 
Yeah, that was tell a me. Bar, uh, Yeah, tell me that wasn't badass, dude. It was. Oh my god. Great. Just pure hair metal bliss here. Excellent fucking track. I'm wondering if, when they shot that if they hit themselves in the face a lot with the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you gotta have you have to have fucking strap locks because your guitar will fly the fuck off if you don't have it. Yeah, Janet Gears. <laughs> <laughs> that hit a fan in the head, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're, I mean, those fuckers they were throwing the fucking guitars back and forth to each other in the, in, in those videos. Man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. And then we get, yeah, I sounded like Chris Farley right out. Yeah, that was awesome. You were the Beatles. Remember that? That was awesome. Remember when you was in Japan with pot? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we digress. Then we get to in from the outside, uh, Jerry. Oh, man. Unfortunately, this one just wasn't their best on the album. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it filler. But this song was underwhelming for me, um, which is cool, man, because everybody needs a piss break. So that's awesome. Um, I'm going to give this one a two out of five, man. Sorry. Oh, fuck. All right, uh, Aaron. All right, so in from the outside. Yep. Oh, man. Um, this one, I'm going to have to go with Jerry on this one. This one, I feel, is a little fillerish. To me, um, it, again, this is one of those songs that I I will rarely go back to. I, I just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, well, I'll go. Uh, killer groove to start off the song. If you like these types of songs, would be like on Long Cold Winter ish. This is like kind of where you can see where they're going next. I love the solo section. It's totally 70s Aerosmith and like GNR. It, this this reminds me of 70s classic rock and what GNR did in the 80s. I fucking love this song. What do you think about it, Charles? Uh, I guess I'm going to be the tiebreaker. Um, as with Nothing for Nothing, we missed that. John Bon Jovi was on backing vocals. No, Jerry said that. He did? I'm yeah. sorry, Jerry. <laughs> on my Apple Music, it said he let, he sang some lead vocals, but I didn't really notice it. No. It said I think background I, on Wikipedia. Full of shit. Yeah. You know, Apple is full of shit sometimes. Love you, Apple. Uh, don't cut off my phone. No. Uh, this is another filler song, though, in my ear. Uh. And it makes me thankful that they did go to a more blues route from here. It's probably the most forgettable song on the album. But the, the guitar solo is great, though. Ah, that's what I said. That's what saves the song. That's why I like it. Like, it's like yeah. 70s fucking Aerosmith, 80s G&R going but on there. But this is, is kind of meh. Yeah. LA song ever. You never mention, you never hear Tom Kiefer being mentioned as far as one of the greatest guitar players. In he's, he's underrated, man. Exactly. Yeah, very underrated. Yeah. But now we get to uh, push, push, Aaron. Hello. 
All right, so I, I'm here. I had my I had myself muted. My kid was talking to me. Okay. Uh, push, push. This is an, this is another one that I, when I hear it, I'm like, oh man, I I don't like I don't like the chorus at all. And, and I'll read it to you because I also I also have Apple Music, so they let me look at the lyrics and stuff. I need a little push, push. Gonna give a little push, push. You take a little push, push. Then you'll get a little push, push. This is exactly what the '80s were. It was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And this song, in those lyrics, definitely embodies that. And and this is this is just one of those songs that I I can't get into. So what do you think about it, Jerry? Dude, this song is a fucking triple banger, in my opinion, dude. I fucking love it, dude. This kind, this song, to me, in my opinion, gives me a kind of glimpse of what Long Cold Winter is going to be. Because it has got, it's got kind of a Gypsy Road guitar riff to it, in my opinion. But I fucking love it, dude. Four out of five, man. Another fucking great tune. Yeah, it's another killer album track that's all killer, no filler. That's all I have to say about it. But this song fucking rocks. Yeah, the lyrics are pretty fucking cheesy, but sometimes you need to have some poison lyrics so you don't have to think. <laughs> well, we don't need poison lyrics. <laughs> well, it, it, that, the chorus was pretty bad, Jerry. Come on. I understand what you're saying. I'm just fucking Yeah, but it. it's still a great song. The music, yeah. Musically driven. I love it. And Charles. Yeah? Your turn, man. Push, push. Uh-oh. What do we got going here? Mr. Elitist is going to say, with push, push, Mr. Wonderwall, <laughs> perhaps a fucking sleeper track on the album. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Definitely, it's an album cut, but it's a fucking killer album cut. Also, pretty badass live. Never heard, heard it. I didn't see them, but I heard the live tracks, and man. Now, it's not groundbreaking, but it was better than the other two filler tracks on the record. The solo was played by a studio musician, not anybody in the band. That's strange to me, and that's a bit of a bummer. It isn't mind-blowingly good, but it has a fucking swagger to it. I know what fucking push-push means. <laughs> That's right. Push, push that shit in. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and bring that shit and squirt. And that's it's one of the best <laughs> fucking tracks on here. Yeah, Fuck man. Yes. That same guitarist played uh, lead guitar on back on uh, back home again. Push, push, nothing for nothing. It's a uh, Barry Bar Benedetta. He was a lead guitar player on there since you said that. I didn't do nothing for nothing. Yeah, he said he played lead guitar on Nothing for Nothing, Push, Push. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Well, that's what I'm reading on Wikistinkia, so. Oh, fuck you, you're right. Fuck. Yeah, Terrence, we read Wikipedia. Everybody reads Wikipedia, even you, Terrence. You get us John's produced this, so you're gonna get on the fucking Facebook and say Andy Chance produced them, and man, you know he said it before, you know. Well, I'm looking. 
I'm looking at the album sleeve, so that's more fucking believable than we can. All I know is the album cover rules. Well, that's what he says. He goes by the albums. He says he used the thing. Why he can't use Wikipedia? Because he went on there and screamed at the guys who run it for having false information on there about David Gilmore, and they kicked his ass off. (laughs) (laughs) Right? He got kicked (laughs) off of Wikipedia. Yeah, I know that story. Hey. David Gilmore, great guitar player. He needs Roger Waters. Roger Waters needs David Gilmore. There's no, no Floyd without no, those two. No, 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 he no, called no. all the Wikipedia about Floyd and David Gilmore lies, and he did, and he tried to change it, and they kept rejecting it, so he got mad, wrote that email, and they blocked him from Wikipedia. Dude, he's going to be get banned from Wikipedia. <laughs> only I mean, even that Julian fucking Assange can still get on Wikipedia. Come on. It's funny, but that he told me that he got banned from Wikipedia. So he <laughs> blocked on Wikipedia. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe he'll change that five star review back down to one star. <laughs> How about just taking off? We don't want your fucking love. Yeah, man, it, it makes us look bad. Look for you, yeah. I'm Eric. Love it. Yeah, man. So the Eric get- one. <laughs> Then we digress. We get to the net, the last song on the album, <laughs> "Back Home Again." Uh, Jerry, fucking way to end a fucking great fucking album, dude, man. This song fucking kicks ass, man. Tom's fucking got some again, got some great highs on this, man. Pay attention, people, bands out there. This is how you fucking end a great fucking album. Five out of five again. Yeah, I just made up my new rating, Jerry. Uh, I'm going to debut it on this song. I give this five out of five bong tokes. All right. Bong tokes. All right. And then I rate this uh, ten bongs. Nine and a half bongs, this album. So uh, this fucking song rules. What a great way to fucking end a fucking great album. Like I said, I rate this nine and a half bongs. Uh, To end this fucking album, gritty fucking ass fuck guitars grinding hard remember the first time i listened to this album i wanted more and there was no fucking more because this is their debut album i couldn't go back or forward and listen to any more cinderella so we had to wait for long cold winter and that fucking sucked remember that jerry that sucked right i do yeah i like getting into the bands that have an album before (laughs) if i like them but uh Aaron, what do you think about it they, uh, this is absolutely the best way to end an album. You're going on this roller coaster. It, it, it's like riding a roller coaster. You start off fast. You get to you get to the hill. You have a couple bumps in the road, and then you get to the finish. And that's exactly what Night Songs is to me. It's it's a roller coaster ride. There's a couple of songs that you know I. I don't care for it, but I still like. But this song, I mean, I'm looking at the lyrics right now, and it just sounds... trying to think of the word. It sounds like a a life story to me. Yeah. It, 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 It starts off with, I hit the road wide open at 17, mama cried herself to sleep, lost a dad I've never seen, which I fuck with that lyric pretty heavy. Took all my childhood friends, guitar in a dream, some say I got it bad, some say I've got the cream. 
Amazing lyrics. Absolutely. Amazing lyrics. And, I, and honestly, that that's all I have to say. You guys hit the nail on the head. Perfect way to end this album. Charles. Yeah? Your turn, buddy. End it. End the album. Oh, man. Well, first of all, it's an autobiographical song written by Kiefer because I've watched a lot of in, uh, interviews that he did. And uh, it's... You know, he didn't do drugs in high school to get a Les Paul, a Gibson. Damn. Nope. You know how expensive a Gibson Les Paul is? Nope. Jerry does. Jerry does. A good one? I mean, yeah. a, a low end model. Yeah. Low end. <laughs> no, he got a decent end with the gold humbuckers and all that. I mean, that's cool. Cool, and it's an autobiographical song if you listen to the lyrics, and uh, and it fucking crushes, man. Fuck, push, push. This is the goddamn sleeper track right here. <laughs> great tight riffage, another great hair metal track, hair metal goodness on this fucking record. Man, I wish they would have stayed on this track, though. I do love the later albums, too, but man, I loved where they went with this one. And sadly, these type of tracks are few and far between on their follow-ups. But hey, we did get this. The solo is great. And man, Kiefer is such an underrated guitar player. Man, he tore it up on this one. Awesome closer to this, which is, in my opinion, their best album. Yeah, um, it sucks. I hate that term hair metal because it, they kind of lumped this band, Tesla, and a lot of and Skid Row into that hair metal fucking shit. And then when grunge came, oh, they're hair metal bands, so nobody listened to Tesla, Skid Row, or Cinderella anymore. It's stupid. It's fucking go for the ones fucking. I admit it. Go for Poison. Go for fucking Pretty Boy Floyd. You know, but they they didn't discriminate. They just lumped it all into one pile and said this is hair metal. Fucking stupid. Aerosmith didn't get into that. They had long hair. <laughs> it's weird. Aerosmith thrived. But man, I mean, it's hard to do a perfect album, but this this album almost is perfect, man. So yeah, man. So what do you guys? I already gave my rating. Aaron, what do you rate this album? Gotta give it a nine and a half out of ten. Nice. That's what I gave. Nine and a half bongs. <laughs> hey, uh, Jerry. I'm going to give this four and a half out of five horns, man. I mean, a great fucking record, dude. And, uh, Charles, I don't know what your rating is. Who's <laughs> first? What? Oh, mine? I already said mine. Nine and a half bongs. Nine and a half bong hits, huh? Yeah. Bongs. Yeah. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it each eyelid except a corner of your left eyelid eyeline. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> You got you. You got the one that people are thinking about. Right behind, <laughs> at, right behind, appetite for destruction is perhaps the best hair metal fucking album of that decade. Oh fuck no! You forget the great radio controversy about Tesla mechanical no, resonance. No, I did oh, not. Oh, dude, those albums are up there for me. On the, I, I listen uh, to Tesla more than than Cinderella, dude. Especially the great radio controversy. Nah, this album's better than anything Tesla did. Not the great Frank. radio controversy. Oh, yes. fuck no. Oh, fuck Chris. no. Hey, that yes. was a great fucking album. Flight to Nowhere Aaron. picks Aaron. any song away. No, no, fuck. Shh, Mark. Shh. Because you're biased. <laughs> Aaron. 
Do you like Tesla, the great radio controversy, or this album better? We'll do the tiebreaker. Oh, God. Ah. Damn, you guys put me on the spot. I definitely have to go with this album. Great Radio Controversy yeah. is a great album. I, I love that. I believe um, the song Paradise is on oh, that album, correct? Yeah. The yeah, that, is, that awesome is too. That is the one song. I mean, I live... I live in Piqua, which you guys, which I told you guys, but there's a town north of us in Troy that has Hobart Arena, and Tesla stops there almost every time that they're on tour. This last one they didn't, which kind of surprised me, because the last two times that Tesla was at Hobart Arena, they sold out. Mm. Nice. They ain't playing no real fast. But he said Cinderella over this one. I get so, it. I lost on this one, but I still disagree. Right. That's They're, they're with Night Ranger. Ah, oh, fuck That's, off. That's why fucking is great, dude. Don't get me wrong. It is. Dude, Psychotic Supper and Great Radio Controversy, dude. God dang. What's wrong they're with that? To be fair, Tesla was not a hair band. They weren't. They got lumped in wow. there. Either with Skid Row. Yeah, they were. Well, they but were. it's not common. With the debut, they were too. Not the second album. It was over by then. No, it wasn't. That album sold two million. Hair metal was finished by then, dude. But that album still did good, man. And then they made their best it, album that didn't okay, get nothing. Okay, you you didn't want to make love to Sebastian. You did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yes, you did. You saw him on I Remember You. You were oh, God, like, oh, God. I think he's a girl. Oh, fuck. I think I think you're, you're, you're giving me your feelings. You're trying to transfer your, <laughs> your bad feelings to me. That ain't going to be funny. How about Belinda Carlisle, buddy? Belinda Carlisle rules, but I like Susanna Haas better. You said about the Poison album cover, you fell for it. Yeah, so did everybody else. Oh, <laughs> I, my God. You heard oh, Don Jameson said he was jacking off to that record till he found out they were mid. <laughs> so, come on. <laughs> Not just, I, I, I swear you jerk off to that record. <laughs> Gary still I've does. Got a, I've got a hilarious uh, look what the cat dragged in story that my uncle told me. <laughs> Go for it. When that album came out, he uh, he wanted he wanted to go get it. So my grandma and my aunt took him out to go get it. Picks it up, hands it to my aunt to pay for. She looks at it and she goes, "What the fuck is this?" And he goes, "Oh, it's Poison. It's this new band." He goes, and my aunt goes, "Why the fuck do they look like chicks?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, every time he tells me that story, man, it, it makes me fucking chuckle because every member of my family were, were an outspoken bunch. We don't take a whole bunch of shit from anybody. And just hearing that story, it, it, it just puts everything together on my family dynamic. But yeah. That's cool, man. There you go. No, dude, it was, it was a shock seeing that album for the first time, because I really did think it was girls, man. And then you saw the video, and you knew there were men. It's like, oh, shit. No, I'd never jacked off to it, though. I'm not and fucking... Mark, Jim, Jim, and Mark had, thing, Mark had a thing for Bobby Dahl. Oh, God. <laughs> that was his favorite, because he was like, I can fit with that. I liked Vixen. <laughs> they were hot. And, they uh, looked the same. And the band. They looked the same. 
difference. <laughs> this and poison, they look the same. Dude, my first my first heart on to a chick was fucking uh, uh, Samantha Fox. No, no, uh, uh, what was that show? Remember that show uh, with the old cop who was the dad? Nell Carter. You got hard to Nell Carter, Mark? Yeah, uh, give me a break. Nell give Carter? A... What? Yeah. Give me a break. Mark Mark was into it. Oh, oh fuck God. off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Ke Kelly, Bund Kelly, Carter, Bu dude. Kelly Bundy and fucking uh, Christina Applegate and fucking Samantha Fox were my fucking loves back then. Hey, mine was Growing Pains, Mom. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude, she was hot, hot Joanna Kearns? Yes, she was hot. She never showed any cleavage. She, was, she didn't need she to. She covered it up. <laughs> Dude, no, there's an episode where she was getting out of the tub, and she almost <laughs> slipped, and there was a nip slip. How about, How about Mrs. Griswold? How about Mrs. Furley, who didn't exist? I know. You know Furley. who Mrs. Griswold is? Remember that scene in uh, your generation? Yeah, oh, Beverly Angelo? Oh, yeah. Shit, dude. I was going to start sending pictures of her. Mama Griswold could have got it. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're All right, good. Well, so who was your first oh, love, dude? You're, you're later than us. We're like old sucks. Oh. Good lord, you gotta make me go back now. Uh, <laughs> Come on, you always remember your first I crush. Think. I gotta think. I mean, yeah, that, that that is true. You always remember your first crush, but man, as I've gotten older, I mean, I'm only 27 and my memory is shit. Oh, wow. Damn. Well, those uh, chair shots. <laughs> I don't take unprotected chair shots now. Cool. Gotta pick it. Gotta put those hands up, or else you're, yeah. you're gonna have a lot of brain damage. Yeah. Um, my my first celebrity crush. This is a great question. Um, honestly, I gotta go with I gotta go with Kelly Bundy. Yeah. I I got to see a couple episodes of Married with Children when it was uh, when it was fresh. Yeah. Well, was... actually, I, it was probably it was probably some reruns, but man, she could get it. That was my Sunday: The Simpsons, Married with Children, and X Files. Well, Mark, my actual real deal one where I thought maybe I had a chance, and for most of us, I was a little bit younger than you. It would either be between Nicole Eggert and Alyssa Milano, and I was team Eggert. Uh, I like Eggert. Alyssa Milano's still hot. Dude, we're the same age. I thought I was older than her. <laughs> like, damn. Dude, mine, mine, I still crush on the one that I first started crushing on, Daisy? dude. No, Nancy Wilson from Heart, man. Oh, yeah. All from These Dreams video on the horse? Fucking A, dude. <laughs> no matter what. Oh, I just remembered that vision of her riding a horse and her cleavage shirt. And she still looks fucking great, dude. Yeah. I mean, amazing. But his new one is uh, Daisy Ridley from Star Wars. Yeah, what can I say? I think <laughs> All right, man, let's end this, bitch. We get to our tracks of the week. Charles, you picked Spit It Out by Slipknot, and I did one. Yeah. Metal, motherfucker. I, li yeah. I listened to it, and it didn't irritate me. I just didn't like the record scratching, but everything else is pretty cool. Fuck yeah. 
Yeah, I watched everybody's tracks except Jerry's because I know that one. <laughs> I forgot what I fucking did. You did Britney Fox Dream On. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> I told you not to put Britney Fox on there, fucker. You told me not to put Aerosmith. That's... Yeah, no, I did. Said, you said mine was Britney B, uh, BF Dream On. Yes. I agree. Dude, I'm joking with it. I don't. Know. I agree. With you. I was a tiebreaker. You did. Thank you. See yeah. Jerry. Oh, whatever. It's I... on the third album, folks. Check out Britney Fox. Great underrated fucking <laughs> band from the 1980s. Yeah, and then Aaron picked a, a group that uh, Chris Sinzak loves, and I've tried to get into him, and I, for some reason it just doesn't get me, but. I went and watched this video today. I guess it's six years ago. It's really fucking good. I like Never Look Back, uh, Aaron. Yeah, and here's here's the reason why I picked that. So that is going to be my my entrance song for this year. Cool. I listened to it a couple weeks ago. I had a song picked, and I was and it was going to be Urgent by Wet. Now I had come out to that before when I was when I was a heel when I was a bad guy and I was like I can't do that I, I'm a good guy I'm a good guy right now I can't come out to a to a heel thing song so I I was like you know what I'm going to change it up and I heard this song and I was like that's the one. All right, Aaron, you, you you prefer being a, a good guy than a heel? I prefer honestly I I've been called an asshole my whole life because people some people don't like that I'm as outspoken as, as I can be um, but honestly I prefer I prefer a little bit of both if I'm being honest I, I like a baby face with an edge not edge. so much kind of like an asshole in cheating all the time but if if push comes to shove and I, and I have to do my whole career as one of them, I'd probably go and be a heel because it is for me it's easy to be to be an asshole right. than to not be an asshole. Oh yeah, it takes all so, the strength I have not to be an asshole. I was gonna say look, look right, like right. <laughs> but you could be stone cold, Aaron. The antihero. <laughs> Right now, the way that we have the we have our first six shows of the year booked, and I, I'm telling you, once you guys start seeing me go into this heel role, it I've got a lot of stuff planned, and I'll I'll give you guys a little bit of a hint. So we all we all know who David Koresh is, right? Yeah. So yeah. character the character that I have, and and I'm going to be joining kind of like this. This group of uh, darker characters uh, midway through our season this year. I'm going to be kind of like the voice. I, I, right now, I will say we do have. I'm probably the one guy that uh, the group of guys that I wrestle with that comes to the most for promo ideas because I'm all about you know you can tell a story in the ring, but you can also utilize your voice and that's what i'm that's what i'm really good at I, i'm getting the wrestling ability down but promos that's my expertise to me that's what makes yeah. a fucking wrestler in my opinion if you do good promos man yeah it, for me if you can sell the people 
like if you're a babyface, if you can sell the people like you don't have a chance in hell that you're gonna win, or and I'll and I'll use this as an example. Uh, I'm at. <laughs> but they, say for example, you're you're like a cru- you're you're a cruiserweight. You're going up against Brock Lesnar. Everybody knows you're going to get killed. The point the point that you're trying to make is, I might get killed, but I have you know all these fans that are in attendance and watching at home by my by my side. Now, as a heel, you want people to absolutely hate. Your loud boos, loud boos are just as good as loud applause, man. I think you're doing your job well. Exactly, exactly. Vicky, that, Vicky Guerrero was the fucking. She got the loudest boo pops ever, I think, in history. I think. Oh, oh no, doubt. no doubt. But she was awesome, though, Ben. All right, just, my favorite, my favorite heel ever. Is Rowdy Rowdy Piper? Ah, uh, mine too. When I liked wrestling, I loved him. Reach, yep. He he was he was one of the good ones. I I kind of modeled my promos a little bit after his, and a little bit of a mixture of CM Punk. So it's kind. It's not like I'm taking from one person. I'm taking from two people that I admire, and I'm just making them into one. But with this like David yeah. Koresh character, I'm going to be soft spoken like Jake Roberts. You're going to have to lean into everything that I say. And then once I have you, that's where that's where I'll start getting a little louder and more flamboyant. Well, not flamboyant, but more of where I'm trying to drive a point home. And, and, and see, the, I'm, I'm a great person at heart, and wrestling is literally my creative outlet. This is where I can put some of my ideas together and just let it form on camera. Well, Aaron, myself, and a couple others, we met Kevin Sullivan at Rock and Pod. You want to talk about a legend of fucking game right there, dude. Oh, hold on one second. Dude, I can't believe how fucking small that was. Calm down. I didn't Kevin Sullivan, Taskmaster. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. I did see. I think uh, the good doctor, fuck, he took a picture of Kevin Sullivan. I was like, oh yep. shit, he's rocket pod. Holy uh, shit! So good. did I. So did that, I. That botched entry of the Taskmaster man always be a classic. I took the picture of Doctor Fucking Kevin <laughs> Sullivan and joined my wrestling group, Aaron, the old school wrestling rockers. If you hadn't, yeah, it's I will cool, definitely. Man. I will definitely do that. Yeah. It's wrestling the way we know it should be spelled. W-R-A-S-S-L-I-N apostrophe. Old school wrestling rock. And, and, and I want to say something before we end this show. Mark, I know you're not a wrestling fan, so this probably doesn't, you know, you're, you're probably zoned out right now. Well, I'm listening but to you guys because I got to get to the last track of the week. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, my apologies. I, I can be... No, it's okay. These guys are geeking out on wrestling. It's cool. I like to hear people geek out on what they love. It's fine. What I have noticed is that rock and roll and wrestling are a perfect marriage. You don't see... I'll say this. When you have like a a cowboy gimmick and you come out to a country song, that immediately turns me off. But if you can get a guy with a 
killer song. I mean, Cody Rhodes' song right now, my lord, that it's just it's just one of those things. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It's just a perfect marriage of rock and roll and wrestling. Oh yeah, I mean, when you hear the crowd fucking singing parts of the song, dude, that's awesome. It really is. Let me okay. So even with that, so I've been to two AEW shows. I went to the one in Columbus, and then the one that they had back in February in Dayton. And let me tell you, when you hear Judas, the crowd gets into it. When you hear Carry On My Wayward Son, see per see what I'm talking about. Perfect marriage, and even and even uh, Orange Cassidy's song Jane. I mean, they're bringing these old songs into, you know, a mainstream wrestling company that so many, so many people my age are watching, and they're like, whoa, what song is that? I mean, everybody knows Carry On My Wayward Son. You know, how can you not? If, you've, if you're in my age group, you played Guitar Hero. That was one of the songs on one of the... You watch Supernatural. That is true, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I had to get that show in. I love it. <laughs> I, I live the moment of it being out, and I know it more from South Park. But go ahead. Does anybody come out to rush? <laughs> yes, Kerry Von Erich, the Texas Tornado, came out to Tom Sawyer when he was in World Class Championship Wrestling. But go nice. ahead. Hi, does, anything else, Aaron? I, I don't have anything else. All right, and then we get to the last song uh, I picked, Aerosmith, Kings and Queens. And if we ever do draw the line, that is already my pick for that album. So <laughs> that is my all-time favorite Aerosmith song. Like you, Charles, I call dibs early. There but, you uh, go. All right, they man. So that, that's the end of our show. We'd like to thank Aaron for being on here, but we need you to pimp your shit. All right. So I told my buddies that I would do this, and they knew that I was going to do this. Um our wrestling group is called the is called One Wrestling Promotion or O. And um, if you guys need me to send you a YouTube link, I could definitely do that. It's kind of hard to find on on YouTube. Trust me, I've tried. Um, we also have a Facebook page where we have where we're promoting this show that's coming up uh, tomorrow, April sixteenth. Um, and I can also I can also send you guys that as well. But yeah, uh, that, that's honestly all I have. Um, I don't I don't really do a whole lot, like outside outside of working, taking care of my kids, and wrestling. Nice, uh, Charles. Any final words? No, I just want to say thank you to, for Aaron. It's been a pleasure, to definite pleasure to have you on. Look forward to chopping it up about some more pro wrestling and ohio goodness i'm an ohio dude myself and uh fuck yeah let's share and subscribe and let's get some more listens out there jerry i, I agree with charles man thanks for coming on aaron man um i wish you luck in your wrestling career man i'm, I'm already a fan so uh that we can start do something someday where we can talk a lot about wrestling. That would be fun, man. I love. You wrestling. guys could do a BS, and I could sit there and watch, and just <laughs> drink. I don't care if you just want to do a wrestling show. I'm not going to stop you. Pass off. I, I am. I am always free. Go ahead. 
Oh, Hats off to Charles for making a great fucking record, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing Great pick, man. I love it. Great album. Like I said, nine 9.5 bong hits. But uh, make sure and check out our YouTube, our Freeform Rock Podcast YouTube. We do a Saturday exclusive, which we're going to record after this episode like we do every week. So we talk more about music news in there, like stuff that's happening now. And we yell at each other. This sucks. You suck. Whatever. You know, we have a great old time on there. So check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe and follow us on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Like my wife said earlier in the podcast. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Maybe it's time you want the tables turned Cause in the interest of all of all They got the problem solved And the friend is guilty And I'll get late Now we have had a try Stop dropping off You were dead from the get-go Been my brother To my gosh Stood away Scared of me now Then you're coming to the thought Always says it never was Don't measure me to pay some manicure Don't tell me I'm slay They got fear you bullshit Just another dope I'm dropping up this shit It's another way to break through the noise Put the same in the sand You guys have been Gotta be that way If you want it Saturday later I'm a better day If not
the best of rock and heavy metal and some Duran Duran. <laughs> Just joking. Where am I? Tune into thatmetalstation.com every Tuesday night to hear the Freeform Rock Show. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, only on thatmetalstation.com. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artist by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.